Welcome to Puck Talk CS Season 4, Episode 8. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd, 2022. It is Tuesday. Steve, how's today going for you? It's going pretty good, Chives. I mean, anytime I get the opportunity to sit with you and talk some puck, I mean, it's a great day. Great day. As long as there's hockey or, and something's buzzing in the sports world, we could talk here. You know, we could talk here until the paint starts falling off the wall. That's right. We got a, a few interesting topics for this episode heading into the All-Star break. And we'll have content next week as well. We're still rolling, uh, so we're not slowing down heading into next week. But on today's episode, we're going to be finishing up everything that happened before the All-Star break. Yeah, kind of feels like we've been doing this uh, mid-season coverage for a while now, even though it's been like two weeks. But this is it, Chives. This is uh, the last day before the All-Star break. I hope you're having a great day too, Chives, and everyone else out there who's listening. Uh, so let's talk some puck. And we know that the Florida Panthers, they're having a great day considering the first half they just had, Chives. The Florida Panthers are one of those teams that I, uh, Steve, I feel like I wake up every day and I say to myself, only if I had puck talk then. I mean, I, I do recall in the beginning, first of all, I was, I, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that I was rough on the predictions, but to be fair to myself, I wasn't on the podcast stating that the my prediction for the Super Bowl was the Rams. Yes, it was popular prediction for the Super Bowl was the Rams. And I truly think the Florida Panthers may be the only team that can beat the Colorado Avalanche in a cup final besides maybe Carolina. The Florida Panthers are that good. And I remember when they went toe-to-toe with Tampa, I said, that was Tampa's toughest series, and that will be Tampa's toughest series. Now, again, they played a really strong Islander team. But the Panthers were a tough hockey team to play last postseason, and they acquired more assets in the in the offseason, and they've also had rookies and role players emerge. You picked up Mason Marchman in fantasy hockey. If you asked me who Mason Marchman was a month ago, I would have said, I don't know who that is. Meanwhile, he has a five-point game in Columbus, a game that they won eight, eight to four. So they've been on a roll. So we talked about them a few weeks ago, six goals a game. Steve, what's your take on the, the, the number one team in the Atlantic division right now? I mean, they are dominant. Florida is, has become a hockey hotbed the last two seasons between them and them and Tampa. Yeah. I mean, I've said this over and over and over again on, on the podcast, but I think you just mentioned it. How about that line, Chives? You got Mason Marchman, you got Lundell, you got Reinhardt. That line is clicking. They popped off the other night. I think that line scored six goals the other night alone in Columbus. I mean, this is crazy, Chives. Lundell, he's 100% in the Calder race conversation. He's had a monster January. And you know what I like about him? He could be counted on to help move the puck down the ice or carrying the puck in himself. Now, listen, this is what makes him pair well with his line mates who are, who are both willing to shoot the puck. Reinhardt, Marchman, they create scoring chances by getting into the slot, which is what I really like about this line. On the other hand, let's talk about Marchman. You mentioned big fantasy pickup. By the way, Chives and I, uh, we're in the same fantasy league, so if we're talking about fantasy. Don't don't look at us like, you know, you know we don't know what we're talking about. But he's been in, in, in 
incredible this last week. I mean, he's been insane, but he helps generate these slot shots on the rush, which adds to his game, which is why this line is moving the puck and they're moving the puck into open areas, which, which creates scoring opportunities. That's just what, you know, when you take an example of Marchman moving in, I think he had four assists the other night against Columbus. He was able to help set up Reinhardt and his goals. And not to mention Marchman can also score himself. He's had 50% of his scoring this season in just four games. How about that, Chives? Yeah, he's hot right now. And it, it's a testament to how they score on the rush. They lost in New York last night, which was a huge game between both teams to finish off the first half of the season. Both teams, a surprise successful start for the season. I think more people had Florida in the top five conversation than New York, but they scored two goals and one was taken away by an offsides call. So it was a no goal, but the three goals that they scored were all on the rush. So we're looking at players like Sam Bennett, who has 21 goals. I mean, players we never would have thought we would be talking about in this regard. Reinhardt with 44 points and Jonathan Huberdo. This is the, the, I think the, this is not talked about enough. And I know it's only been in the last two days, but Huberdo takes over the points leader in the entire National Hockey League with 47 assists. He almost, he's on pace for 98 assists. He's on pace for hundred assists this season at the halfway point, 64 points. Dreisaitl and McDavid were about 25 points, a good 25 points over their competition. And they were overtaken by Huberdeau and no one is talking about it. I think that is a, almost a shame in the hockey world that the points leader is in Florida right now, because Huberdeau's game just seems to always get better and better and better. And they have all those acquisitions that made a deep lineup. And that's what, it, that's what a team needs to compete in the postseason. So Florida had a great first half of the season. Yeah. And listen, despite that loss last night, you know, this is still, a, you know, a very successful first half of the season for the Panthers. And I think to going, going back to that line, you know, we were talking about one of the best lines in hockey. We mentioned that Flames uh, Goudreau line. We mentioned, you know, Wild up there. I think, you know, this line performance wise has given this team a boost and has really been one of the best, you know, obviously it's not a first line, but you know, this line has been stat wise, the best line in hockey. And when, you know, these are the Marchment line, when they're on the ice, this has been a reason why the Panthers have been a force this season, Chives. We've talked a lot about depth these last few weeks. You know, take a look at the Oilers. You have McDavid and Dracidal. They're struggling with depth. When you you mentioned the top dogs for Florida a second ago, when you have Huberdeau, and when, when the top dogs for Florida get a second or third line like this Marchment line, uh, uh, that adds to the depth and that adds – that creates scoring opportunities and really all, all around a 100% threat. So I really think that moving forward, the Panthers are set up in a really good position, Travis. Yeah, and you add in an Anthony Duclair too, who's on, he has 20 goals this season. He's on a 40 goal pace. You could say it's because of his line mates, but this is a well-built team. And we, even, we didn't even talk about the defense. Ekblad, who's having a Norris candidate season. Uyghur, who's emerged. Their goaltending has been better, hasn't been amazing, but it's been good enough to keep them in game. So that's the Florida Panthers first half of the season. I, I can't believe we're talking about this team as a cup contender, but here we are. You know, a few seasons back when we started Puck Talk about five, six years ago, they were, I, I think that was right after they lost to the Islanders in the postseason. So, or it was that year. So 
we're talking about a very different team and a very uh, they're they're a different team now. So yeah, moving on, the Avalanche ten game win streak and home win streak snapped by Arizona. So last night the Arizona Coyotes beat the Avalanche on home ice. It snapped the Avalanche ten game win streak and their massive home win streak. They were gunning for the record for the home win streak in the entire NHL's history. So, Steve, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think uh, a big part of first, I'll dial in on last night. I think, you know, what really hurt the Avs was their failure to convert on the first period five on three. And I think that really haunted them. Uh, And I think that's kind of been. Uh, you know, overall to branch out to the whole season now, I think that's kind of hurt them out. You know, I think they need to be better on critical power plays. I really think that's a a big area that they need to focus on moving forward. Uh, The penalty kill does continue to to look improved. And is one reason why I think the Avalanche enjoyed their winning streak. Um, But I think, you know, they really need to tighten up uh, um, their power plays. uh, And that should really remain a priority uh, for the second half of the season, because Avalanche yesterday were not able to capitalize on that. Yeah, and the Avalanche lineup, it is top to bottom, just unreal. I think what, you know, it, it's this goes and it's a testament to the basic foundations of observing and watching sports. And at the end of the day, it really is a game. Anybody can win. You can throw as many advanced statistics pretty shallow statistics anyway, but you look and, and we've seen underdogs win before we've seen it this season. And even though there seems to be a very stark line and gap between the top five teams in the league and the rest of the league, the avalanche seem to be even above that top tier. They seem to be above Florida, Tampa. I think they're a little bit better than them. There's a gap between those teams. But at the end of the day, Arizona, who has eight wins coming into this game, wins last night and then snaps that on the road. They snapped the, the avalanche win, home ice win record. It just goes to show you anything can happen in sports. Uh, and, and I think it's a good, uh, it's a pretty good story, feel good story out of Arizona because they're just, that's a franchise that will probably move uh, and they're in financial turmoil. So I just think it's an, it's a nice story to see, you know, a team like that winning and at least you know you say good for those guys they were a team that kind of faced something that seemed pretty unattainable going into last night but here we are talking about how the coyotes had uh, a big now granted in the grand scheme of things though this doesn't really affect the avalanche i don't i, I really don't think it's oh, not going to affect them in the playoffs their their goal right now is basically cup or bust they're that well built so you know I, I don't think last night has a major implication but it does go to show you that hey you know, I'm sure everyone was riding, oh, Avalanche win last night. And it goes to show you, like, anything can happen. And I think we need to consider that moving forward with this NHL season, especially in the second half, Steve. Like, if we take the concept of kind of what happened, that narrative of, like, the David Goliath, that's going to happen more than we think in the second half of the season. And that's going to have to do with, play, you know, teams being on the road a lot, teams playing at home a lot um injuries there's no more uh COVID asymptomatic testing so rosters are going to be more full I I'm just going to enjoy seeing some of that parity come through because we talked about last week teams like Columbus seem to be too far out of the playoff race right now but who knows if they go on a five-game win streak they could you know tie the Penguins up in points 
I would enjoy seeing that. It does add a little bit to watch, you know, uh, the National Hockey League when there's teams that can pull off some upsets. Yeah. Uh, listen, we knew it was going to end at some point. But, I mean, like you just mentioned, this really means nothing to the Avalanche. I mean, when you take a look at their team as a whole, you know, I don't think they lost the game in the month of January. And they've gotten performances all around from so many players, one of which I'm going to talk on uh, a little bit later. Um, but the Avalanche, again, they have nothing to worry about. But, again, like I mentioned, you know, uh, everyone always has something to improve on. So I think the big point um, for them would be prioritizing and just tightening up minor things uh, on the special teams with the power play and uh, the penalty kills, which has been good, but could be a little better. You know, it, to me, Chives, it's amazing how they won all those games in a row, but, you know, they did look shaky at some points. You know, if you, di- if you do watch the Avalanche, uh, do some of those games you know they weren't playing 100% there but listen second portion of the season will be a grind for them so that's an opportunity to fine-tune for the playoffs and um, we'll take a look at them later on yeah yeah the Avalanche are a team that right now it's I, I feel the same way about the Toronto Maple Leafs where it won't feel real until they really do some damage in the postseason I mean it does feel real Florida, I feel, is in that category as well, where right now, if those teams, you know, Tampa's won two cups in a row. They're gunning for a three-peat, but they've had their success with the roster they've built. Whereas I think the Florida Panthers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Colorado Avalanche, they've had a few, you know, Panthers are more recent success, but they've had a few years of success where you say they have to get out of the first, have to get out of the second round. Let's see if they can make a run. So we'll see what happens with the avalanche. You're right. And that leads us to Nate McKinnon is injured right now. And that leads us to talking about the all-star game. He was voted captain can't play in the game. So Joe Pavelski takes his position. Steve-O's all about the all-star game this year. Steve-O what's your thoughts on this year's all-star game? Yeah, I've always been big. Uh, I thought when you take, the sports, you know, world as a whole, you know, you take a look at the NFL, the MLB, NBA, I really thought the NHL has one of the most interesting weekends for like an all-star game. Um, Obviously the Pro Bowl, that's coming up this weekend too. That's nothing. That's not really interesting at all. So I really thought that, you know, aside from like uh, uh, baseball, you know, with the home run derby, I thought that the NHL. That's my favorite. Yeah, the NHL has always had like one of the best like all star events, you know, fastest skater, hardest shot, breakaway challenge, uh, the accuracy shooting, you know, it's always interesting, you know, all those events will be in there this year. And I always thought it was interesting uh, to to see, you know, who's going to win this year, because every year it's always someone different, you know, Um, but there's really two events that that were announced that I'm really excited for Travis. They have the new found face off. That will take place at the world-famous Fountains of the Bellasio. And uh, then they have the other one, which is uh, NHL 21 and 22. Dumb name, but that'll take place down on the boulevard, which is pretty cool. I don't know if you've seen any of these uh, these new events that were added, Chives. No, honestly, so I'm a, I'm a pretty big all-star guy, but that's this weekend. I mean, mine's going crazy between doing the podcast, doing school, and I'm calling a Quinnipiac game, I believe, on the night of the skills competition. 
So that's on Saturday. If it's not, yeah, I, I believe that's the skills. Yeah, conference. it's on Saturday. Yeah, so I'll I'll be at calling one of the Quinnipiac men's hockey games. By the way, tune in for that. Um, <laughs> and then no, so I, I think uh, I enjoy it when I watch it. I just think of it as an event though that I don't have to make time to watch. Like if I can watch it, I'll watch it. You know, growing up, a lot of the time I was playing hockey. Like you know, in high school, I probably had a game so on that day so I wasn't able to watch or whatever but um you know like the last two years it's been nice to catch up with it um or I guess the year before that um 2019 2020 there wasn't an all-star game but yeah I I find it exciting I'm a big home run derby guy that's my fate like that is leagues above anything else obviously the pro bowl is nothing we'll talk about the super bowl though next week but uh yeah um I I like the all-star game it's not anything I'd rather see the Olympics. I'll be honest. Like, I think that upset me more that they weren't doing the Olympics because that would have been really cool. Um, I also don't love, I understand, you know, the health side for the athletes of the two week break, but I always found it a little bit frustrating, especially this season. I think it seems more frustrating because we've had so many stops and pauses on so many teams because of COVID because they were testing asymptomatic players and then they decide after so many teams got crippled by that, that, hey, maybe we shouldn't test asymptomatic players. Like there's been so much going on with between the kind of the uh, I, the, the COVID protocols and then injuries and, and so many things happen that postponements that I, I think it's frustrating that the league thought, you know, two weeks was another good time. Like it's hard to stop and start so many times in a season. So I do wish that, you know, the all-star break wasn't this long, you know, if they did like five days from like midweek this week to midweek next, next week, but like icing out two weeks is pretty frustrating. I do have to say though, that this one, uh, fountain face off, it's pretty cool. Um, it's the way it's going to work on is it's going to be, the players are going to travel by boat to the rink, which is on like a, a big fountain that they have in Las Vegas that's pretty uh, famous. And they're going to have to like shoot pucks like across the fountain while they're in the fountain into targets. So I, and like, they're going to be, they're going to be like, the fountain's going to be like spraying. It's going to have like wind effects. So I thought that was pretty cool. I saw a concept out of it, which looked really cool. So I think yeah, you actually texted me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, and it was on the uh, the puck talk. Um, uh, we put it up on our uh, Instagram story, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I think that they're finding new ways to be like, you know, uh, to keep a fresh take on like the events. Because again, we get the same things every year: the fastest skater, the you know, the shooting accuracy. So I think that this was really neat. And you know, whether you're a fan or not, you could appreciate how cool this is. Yeah, no, I love the events. I mean, I think what it, it stems from is like the home run derby. It's taking it, it, the other sports that we mentioned, the other big four. Well, I mean, the dunk contest is pretty awesome too. Um, I, I enjoy that. I think it's the, the wow factor of each sport. You know, for hockey, it's marketed on speed. It's marketed on skill now. And I think that's what makes the All-Star game so interesting. It's hard as shot. Everybody loves when Ovi takes a slap shot. Everybody loves it. Even if you're, if you're a Penguins fan, you can't deny Ovi in his office. I mean, it's a, it's really is like a sports phenomenon. Why do you not want to watch that? So I think it really stems from all those skills that go into hockey and hockey just seems to have 
way more skills you need to have. You need to be able to skate. You know, you're not born with skates on your feet. Um, everybody can kind of learn how to run. Um, and that's not taking away from any other sport, but it's kind of like how that in the dunk contest, the guys have springs in their shoes. Like, yeah, Matt Mugno can jump. Steve-O can jump chives, but I, I don't have springs in my feet like that. Um, whereas football is a little more tactical. So that's where I think it, it suffers. And for the, uh, home run derby, I mean, everybody loves a home run. Everybody loves a home run. So I, I, I like the skills competition. I like that. Like you said, they're innovating for it. It's not the same thing every year. And I think that's what kind of draws our attention to it. But what also draws our attention to it, Steve-O, is what players are in the all-star game. Who's the real deal? Who's an imposter? Who do you like to see there? Who do you want to see there? And who do you think should have been there? All right. Well, let's get into this. Um, obviously, you know, all of these players, uh, they're all stars. You know, all of them ha have had great years. But I really want to single out a few players here. Uh, let's start off with Chris Kreider from the Rangers. Um, boy. Is Chris, this just might be the year for Chris Kreider, Chives. I mean, boy, first of all, he gave an all-star monster performance last night against the Panthers. At some point this year, he's going to pass 30 goals for his first 30-goal season of his career, and I think that's well-deserved for him. I mean, Kreider 100% deserves to be in this all-star game this year. He's had a monster season for the Rangers. Um, Kreider, he, 33 goals. He leads the league in goals, and I've seen a lot on the internet, rebound merchant. Well, you know what? It's just like how Connor McDavid rarely takes a slap shot or one-timer. And you know what? He doesn't, Connor McDavid doesn't need to for his team to succeed. Maybe right now, maybe right now. But at the end of the day, he's not, he, he's putting up a hundred point seasons without taking slap shots. So at the end of the day, is it a great element to have in his game? And by the way, we're talking about a world-class player. He can take a slap shot. That's just not his game. Kreider is doing everything he needs to help his team succeed. And I think that's what makes him a star is he went from this player that was a 20 goal physical role player on those, on the cup run that they had in 14. He was young, 15. He emerged as a playoff uh, player. He sticks with them through the rebuild, signs a mega contract. And a lot of people had reason to question right before COVID, but that was a career, uh, another career year for him. And now he's at 33 goals in around 50 games so he leads the league in goals however he gets them he's scoring them so I agree with you he's he's the real deal this year yeah this is his second all-star appearance um it's his first selection though because I remember he he did replace Panarin back um not last year but back in 2020 um and mm -hmm. I think we're just scratching the surface for what Krieger has meant for the Rangers this year um and it, it you know, when you take a look at his role this year, you know, he served as a big leadership voice in the locker room. And, you know, he's also he's also been big on special teams in the power play. You know, he had that total last night. Goals. Yeah. Yeah. 17 power play goals. You know, that's more I, than some guys have this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's taken a, a big responsibility for this team this year. And I think he's really doing a good job of it. You know, obviously with his speed, his strength, he's one of the best of, you know, getting to the net, you know. Um, and I think he's just been so efficient on the power play. Um, and I always thought that Krieger, you know, he's one of the best at causing trouble around the net. You know, he's big for that opposition in front of the net. You know, he's been probably one of the best in front of net presence in the league, Chives. 
Yeah, I agree. I think if it's between him, Pavelski, and probably uh, Anders Lee, I would say are the three guys that we constantly hear year in and year out where they're a, they're trouble in front of the net. Steve-O, there's another player that you have in fantasy that you picked up a while back. And he's he is almost that his stats are like a microcosm of what Anaheim is this season, where you say, when is he going to slow down? When is he going to slow down? Just like the Ducks. When are they going to slow down? We've talked about it time and time again. Troy Terry. He has nearly tripled his career high point total, and we're only halfway through the season. He's tripled his goal scoring total. So he had seven goals last season. He's at 24 right now, and he's your boy in fantasy. Troy Terry, real deal, right? Yeah, he's he's helping lead that way for the Ducks. Um, and, you know, we, we dove into this, um, you know, really in detail a couple episodes ago. Um, so if you want, you can go check that out. But he's been a big part on to why the Ducks have been one of the big surprises in this in this first half. And I think he's really gained some confidence uh, this season, Chives. Uh, and, and even to go back to it last season, I really think he's gained some confidence late in the, in last season, which didn't really mean anything for the Ducks, but I really think that served as a, a big kind of a springboard this year into, into um, transitioning to this year, which is why I think he's had this breakout season this year. Um, so I don't think any of us saw this coming uh, <laughs> this year, but He's got incredible stick handing skills. So I, I he 100% deserves this. Uh, and he's also proven clutch when needed. Um, uh, he's had a lot of game winning goals this year for the Ducks, which have been huge. Um, so 100%, Troy Terry deserves this. I think it's actually funny though, because I, I just dropped him um, in fantasy recently. Um, and you had to make room for Marchment, man. <laughs> so, yeah, Terry is one of those players, though, that I remember, like, it's it, it makes me feel sickeningly old that he scored he scored all those big shootout goals for Team USA in the World Juniors in 2016. Like that's six years ago now. So I think it's crazy how time time kind of passes and it's taken a long time for him to break out. But you know what doesn't matter when he's producing like an all star. Yeah, I, I think when you have him consistently playing at this, at this level, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but you know, a big, I thought he was going to be one and done pickup, but when he's been playing consistently now all the way up and he's been such a big force for the ducks, I don't think that matters, Travis. Yeah. The three other players that I think are the real deal in the same sense are where their role, they, they went from kind of a role player on their team to they become goal scoring forces. I, I think in a similar way as Crowder as well, because most of these guys are veterans now. Jake Gensel, Huberdeau, who I already talked about, and Kadri. I think those are the three other legitimate all stars in 2021 22. They could fall off next year. And I would say, you know what? They aren't an all star, but this year they sure, all five of those guys are surely playing like all stars. Troy Terry, Crowder, Gensel. Hubi and Kadri are all playing like all-stars in my eyes. And they deserve that, uh, the vote for, to be in the all-star game this year. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that Chavez. And uh, Kadri is the one I really want to focus in on here. Um, he's really had such a truly eye-opening first half. I mean, his numbers at this point, Chavez, they, you know, place him 
you know, among with one of the best in the NHL, you know, I think we truly might be witnessing a career year uh, for Kadri here. And the fact that really intrigues me about him is that he's had all the success, mostly on the second line. Usually you see performance like this, you know, from the big dogs on the top line. Heck, some teams don't even have performances like this. Um, but, you know, I think what's provided Kadri uh, with this with this performance this season is also you had a lot of injuries on the top line. You know, Miko Rantanen, McKinnon, Landeskog, they've all been injured and have been out for an extended period of time at some point this season. So that's that's kind of opened the door for Kadri moving up, uh, moving up to that top line at times. But generally, I think, you know, the Avalanche really, you know, they choose to avoid messing with chemistry too much. So I think they like Kadri down on that second line. And uh, regardless or not, you know, he's continued to pile up points. Uh, he was the number one uh, star uh, of the week last week. Um, so I, I really think that f- this season, you know, this is a career year for Kadri. And he's been, you know, one of the main points I'd like to cap off, you know, on all the lists uh, of all the all-stars. Yeah, and we're talking about Nazem Kadri, who's in a contract year. Oh, boy. Talk about cashing in the bag in the offseason. That guy's going to get paid. He is <laughs> going to get – Redman will get paid. No, Kadri, man, that guy's going to get a bag. I don't need – you know, it's going to be a little while from now, but you add on to your resume. You know, it's just like a – it's like you're applying to Kmart or like, you know, you're applying to Marshalls. You say – Oh, I've done this. You know, I worked at every other chain store before. Well, guess what? You're the first guy that's getting hired. Whereas, you know, if you're uh, if you're Nazem Kadri and you can say, I I was on one of the, I mean, they could win the cup this year. You could, you know, wherever he's going, it could be cup ring. It could be as something as crazy as a con Smythe. It could be, you know, I was top three in the league in points and an All Star of the Week five times. And so I, I think. Oh, He's going to the all-star game. You know, he's got that on the resume. He's just stacked the resume in a contract year. So he is a true star. You know, Steve-O, I actually was looking at my notes here, and I had uh, some guys that I thought, you know, are a surprise or why are they there. But this also kind of – I don't even feel like I want to rag on anyone this episode because at the end of the day, that the all-star game now is they're trying to get equal representation for every team. So I do feel it's a little bit unfair to say like someone's not an all-star because at the end of the day, they, the league kind of needs a representation, especially in cities like Seattle, you know, Eberle's going, do I think he's an all-star compared to some players that aren't going like a Zegris? No, but do I think they need that representation? Yes. So as much as I don't think a Dallin, I don't think a Hughes is, that's just the way the all-star game set up. I think there are definitely some snubs as well, but I do think at the end of the day, it's also just to, it's just for the marketing. It's just so the league can grow and it's entertaining. But at the end of the day, I won't harp. I'd rather not harp on too much who I think was snubbed or who I don't think deserve to be there because I'd rather build more positive uh, discussion over like the players that are succeeding this season and are all-stars. I mean, that's why we watch it, right? Yeah, 100%. How about this one, Charles? I'll throw another one at you. Um, when taking a look at, you know, all-stars, you know, aside from top play, um, I'm going to throw another player up here that's in the all-star game. Um, 
someone who's meant something, whose performance has meant something to their team. And I think without this player, I think, you know, as of right now, I don't think this team would be in the position they are in. And I'm going to throw in Tristan Jari in there. Um, I think a big part for Jari, at least for me, is I think when you take, when you go all the way back into the beginning of the season, he really carried a decimated roster in the beginning half of the season. You look at you look at it, they had no Crosby, had no Malkin, they had no Rust. Gensel was ice, ice cold. So Jari really kept them in the running, uh, and they wouldn't be in the position that they are right now in the Metro if it wasn't for his top play earlier on in the season. So I think his play this season has definitely put, uh, put him in the Vesna conversation. Um, but I do think, and I, you mentioned this before, uh, this season that, you know, we do need to address the elephant in the room when talking about him and that's his playoff performance. You know, we all know Penguins marched at the top of the, the Eastern, uh, division last year with a real chance to do damage in the playoffs, but instead, you know, they were home after six games, you know, and Jari was giving up, you know, four more, more goals in every game. Um, but this season looks promising, and I know, boy, oh boy, it's way early to talk about this, but the Vesna is going to be a pretty interesting conversation this year. Absolutely. I don't know. We might have to we might have to bring Mike back in <laughs> at one point to help us figure this out. But you have Vasilevsky having a great year. He leads the league in wins. I, you know what? He's not even in my top five right now. Oh, really? I just yeah. Stopping he everything is. for the Rangers right I think, now. I think Jesterkin's not only a Vesna candidate. Like, I don't think he wins the heart, but I think that he should have votes. I really think he'll have votes for the heart. I mean, New York. Listen, York's not how about the Nashville Predators? They got a low-key, quiet option Whoa. down there. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot of good. Cl- I think the Vesna this season is probably going to be. I'm going to say Campbell Anderson. I think Bas- maybe Vasilevsky's the five. It's definitely that he's not in the top three. I think it's Campbell, Shesterkin, uh, Anderson, Jari, and I think Vasilevsky's there. Um, Kemp, I, I think you look at some of the top teams and you, you, you look at their goaltending as well and how they got there. So I do think Vasilevsky might be the five spot for me. I thought he might sit outside, but just going over my head real quick, like he's definitely top five. But this season, I'm talking this season, we know what that man is capable of. He is no doubt the best goaltender in the NHL, but I think this season alone, I, I do think spread the love a little bit and, and take a look at some of the goaltenders that have really gone from that mediocre level, that above average level to the, I'm keeping my team in this thing level. And I think Saros is up there too. I, I, I would be 100%. shocked. You know, I would say maybe, I would like to see also some new players. I think everybody does like to see that. So um, yeah, trophy race talk you know that that's a big part of it like you're saying Jari's Jari's an all-star that's no doubt and I think what makes that so much sweeter for not only Pittsburgh fans but you know it's that everybody loves a redemption arc where he choked up that puck in like game three or four in overtime to Josh Bailey and it was just that sunk the series and now you know he had an he, he had a save percentage in the 800s like really bad uh you know high 800s but still 800s you know not a 900 anywhere close to 900 and you say, well, how, how, how are the Penguins going to succeed moving forward? I don't think the playoffs are a question mark for him now. I, th- I think Pittsburgh's a wagon this season. I, I, I've been saying it. And 
the first, you know where I learned that Steve-O and I learned it with goaltenders with with teams coming into the second half of the season we saw it again with the Blues in 2019 but the Pittsburgh Penguins the same franchise in 2015 started off with no Crosby no Malkin they were injured they were sixth in the Metro oh my goodness they hit the second half of the season and it's like they can't lose they going into the playoffs they're steaming hot and who do they have in net oh who is this Matt Murray so he goes 6-0-0 as a backup and then they start Zadkov in the playoffs and then they put Murray in and they don't look back they win two cups in a row so that's a that that's the 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 same franchise I was able to do that turnaround in a similar way the Blues had done it. I saw the writing on the wall when Malkin and Crosby came back, but it's more credit and a testament to how Jari's carry the team. Yeah, 100%. That's why I wanted to mention him up there because I think his performance, you know, maybe not as of late has meant something for his team with all the top dogs as in Gensel and Malkin returning. Um, but I think in that beginning half of the season, you know, he deserves a lot of credit because again, that Pittsburgh team really was decimated. So he, his all-star appearance is well-deserved. And I think we're ready to wrap up the first half of the, uh, the NHL season. Um, Listen, we'll be, re- we'll be ready to go when the second half rolls around next week and everyone enjoy the all-star game this weekend. Um, hopefully I'd like to say if it's Sunday and you're sitting around, you're popping on, the NHL All-Star Game instead of the Pro Bowl. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Pro Bowl is really not anything to watch. <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see, and uh, we'll be ready for the second half of the season. Be sure to follow our Instagram and Twitter pages that are linked to our website, pucktalkcs.com, and download our podcast episodes on Apple and Spotify streaming services that we are new to. Great episode, Steve-O. Very excited for next week. We're going to be talking Super Bowl. That's, uh, I can't wait. Joe Shiesty, Matty Stafford. Can't <laughs> beat that. All NHL All-Star game. And I'm excited because it feels like a fresh start. We just, you know, rebranded and came back in January, but it feels like a fresh start for us. We've been talking mid-season, playing catch-up a little bit. What's going to happen in the future? What's happening right now? I feel like when we come out of the All-Star break, steve and I will be able to really go into the now what is going on right now in the nhl what are the storylines going on favorite time of the year for us was always push for the playoffs and the playoffs so it's like a snowball going downhill steve <laughs> well chives you know we've been having a lot of fun these last few episodes talking about you know a lot of teams and a lot of questions you know it only enhances and picks up from here always remember it's just the luck of the puck